Oracle. 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 Putting the E in e-learning. It's 17th of June 2005. Uh, I'm Derek Morrison, editor of Oracle, and today I'm talking to Morag Munro, who is learning technologist at Dublin City University in the Republic of Ireland. Now, DCU is interesting because they uh, were one uh, of the first in this part of the world to switch uh, to Moodle as an institution. So there's some valuable lessons for us all here. Welcome, Morag. Hi, Derek. Nice to speak to you today. Um, Let's start with, could you provide some background for us uh, of what the history of Moodle migration at DCU uh, was and, and why it happened? Okay, um, well, first of all, to give you a little bit of background about e-learning at DCU prior to us um, adopting Moodle. So between 1999 and 2001, we were actually using the top class VLE. That was used on quite a small scale. But then top class actually pulled out of the higher education VLE market in 2001. So we then decided to deploy WebCT on a pilot basis. So at the same time, as well as WebCT, we also had a number of people who were using custom solutions in-house. So, for example, our remote access to continuing engineering education initiative, that's a distance education initiative, they had actually developed their own custom vle uh, like system. We also had in place a centralised portal page system. And with that, students had access to personalised information. So they had access to their class timetables, links to discussion forums for every module they were enrolled on and so on. So um, when I joined DCU, that was in 2003, we'd had the WebCT pilot in place for two years, so it was quite a long pilot. And it had got to the stage where we really needed to decide, um, make a strategic decision as to what the best thing to do was going forward. So should we stick with WebCT or should we look at something else? Um, we decided that the other two something else's, the other main options, would be either to customise and extend our existing in-house tools, um, or we could, in fact, consider the possibility of deploying something else, which would be an open source VLE. Okay, so why did you go the open source route then? Um, well, I suppose, first of all, we were looking at what we wanted from a VLE, and very important to us was that whatever we chose was aligned with our strategic aspirations in terms of e-learning. Um, and those were really to become leaders in the development of e-learning technology. So not just users of e-learning technologies, but actually users, um, developers of e-learning technologies. Um, so we wanted a development platform for e-learning, and we felt that a closed source um, really wouldn't provide such a platform for us. We really need something where we could get in and develop. Okay, so uh, how did you go about it then? Well, um, yeah, we did look at what, what, what it is we wanted. So we were looking at things like, like a sort of wish list of functionality. Um, we wanted something that was usable. We wanted something that really needed to, would support the teaching models that we were using. So we have distance education programs and we also have blended learning programs. So we needed something which would support both of, both of those. We also wanted something that was accessible. accessible. You know, it was one of our very important that it was accessible. And um, I suppose two very, very important things were that whatever we chose was technically viable and should be able to scale. And also if we were going to go with an open source platform, we needed to be confident that um, 
what we were going to use would be sustained, you know, that it had a large user community to sustain the life of the platform. So I suppose pretty early on, we decided that although the in-house systems we had were useful, we did really need a purpose-built VLE because that would provide advantages in terms of the functionality, secure access, and it might allow us to collaborate with other institutions. So yes, then we did look at whether we wanted open or closed source. Um, we felt that the WebCT pilot had been really successful and we were really happy with it, but we did have concerns about the closed nature of the product. Um, we thought that, um, again, an open source product would be aligned with our strategic aspirations, would provide development platform. Um, we thought it would give more flexibility for integration with our in-house systems, our student record systems, our library, and so on. And um, finally, really important was that we were concerned about vendor lock-in. We were worried that if we adopted and committed to a commercial VLE, that we might be vulnerable to vendor lock-in and dependent on them for their products and services. Uh, well, just getting back to your question, I suppose, about how we went about it, what we had was a list, wish list of what we wanted in a VLE. Um, and then we drew up a short, key, short list of potential candidates. Um, they were Claroline, Boddington and, as you know, Moodle. And then we evaluated those against our criteria. Okay. But you've had, you had a sizable user base of WebCT users. Um, so what was their response to the, the whole idea? Never mind of actually doing it, but the whole idea of migrating to another system. Okay, yes. Well, first of all, I should say we were lucky. We were using WebCT on a pilot, pilot basis, so we had we didn't have a huge cohort of users. Um, but nevertheless, I think it was very crucial that we involved those people in the decision-making process. So we were very open from the start. We invited those staff to forums to discuss the proposed switch to see what they thought about it. Um, we gave them access to demo versions of the proposed solutions, made them available for them to test out, and we really took the feedback of our staff into consideration in making our decision, because after all, they were the people who were going to be using the system. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose in terms of the actual migration, those staff had invested a lot of time and invest, um, effort you know, learning the system and also developing materials via the system. So they did acknowledge that although it was an inconvenience, they were happy because they could see that the overall move was positive. And in fact, they were very pleased that we were moving from pilot to an actual committed institutional deployment. Okay, so that's interesting. Could you give uh, um, a listener some idea of the scope of usage um, of Moodle at, uh, at DCU? How many accounts, for instance, numbers of students, number of tutors, weekly logins, that sort of thing? Okay, um, well, we have all of our students enrolled on the system, so that's about 13,000. And as I just said, we have about 125 to 150 lecturers who are actually actively using the system. We also have all of our modules on the system, so that's about 3,000. But in terms of active usage, um, in the last academic year, we had about 550 of those which were actively in use. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose I can give you just some statistics from mid-April this year. I'm yeah, just going to these yeah. out. Um, so in a one week in April this year, we had about 4,100 individual logins during that week. There are about um, 750 forum posts made. So that, that probably gives you an idea of the sort of level of activity on the system. Okay. Well, that's quite impressive numbers you're dealing in. How many servers uh, actually uh, are, are supporting uh, Moodle in uh, DCU? 
we have two servers actually we have our main delivery server and on that is the main installation of Moodle mm-hmm. we also have a backup server and that contains a copy a nightly copy of the main server mm-hmm. it also has um, our developmental projects on there um, we usually have a copy of the next upcoming release of Moodle on there so we can try it out and uh, yes it's used for any development so you, you got, if we can just clarify, you got your development server is also, uh, you're using your backup server also as your development server, is that right? Yes, yes, okay. at the moment we find that works very well. Do you think, you know, one of the concerns that's sometimes been expressed on the, the, uh, the, the, the Moodle forums is that can Moodle scale to, to fairly big numbers? Mm. Uh, what is your, what is your, your thoughts on that? Well, that was, This is really one of my major concerns um, in the time of our deployment because no one, as far as we were aware of, had deployed on the scale that we wanted to um, to deploy Moodle on. Um, And when I asked our technical experts about scalability, they said, well, it's something we can't really test for. Um, We'll just have to go with it and see. So that really gave me quite a few sleepless nights um, in terms of worrying about that. Um, I have to say, though, we've had no problems in that regard. You know, we have... um, 13,000 students on there um, and more. Um, we have all our courses on there and it's it's worked like a dream and we're not the only people now using Moodle on a large scale. There are other users out there, uh, Glasgow, Goldsmiths College and so on. Okay, well that's very interesting. So how big an issue was it linking uh, Moodle to your central systems? I suppose this is going to be a, a, the primary concern of my colleagues in, 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 in IT support, for instance. And any institution who, who's contemplating uh, um, uh, switching to Moodle or migrating to Moodle like this. So they're really going to be concerned how big an issue it is to link to central systems. Mm, yeah, well, this is actually um, being pretty straightforward, I have to say, uh, very early on, one of the first things that we tried was linking to our authentication system. That's pretty much worked very well, um, pretty yeah. much out of the bo- box. Um, we had that running straight away. Um, we've also done some other things with a little bit of scripting. We connected to our student record systems and also to our module information system. And that was about a day's work, and we have those talking to each other now. We have all of our modules in the DCU system, on the Moodle system. The appropriate students are on there, and the appropriate tutors are also on there too. Right, so all in all, it wasn't a, a, a too big an issue. I'm uh, very interested yeah, to we, hear that. We, we've been absolutely delighted, and we're happy to share anything that we've done in that regard with you, because mm-hmm. we have, we've written scripts to do these things, so we'd be happy to share those with you. Oh, that's excellent. I'm sure, sure our listeners will be very interested in that. Um, how do you cope with separate course identities, though, things like that? Because, you know, are you saying every single student gets a Moodle account? Mm. Um, and I'm assuming every tutor also gets a, a Moodle account, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, so how do you cope with separate course identities? You know, how do you automate that aspect of things? The, well, that information exists already in our students' record system. So we have um, information about every student and what module they should be ro- enrolled on. So we're actually taking an exact copy of that and pumping that into Moodle. Mm-hmm. So when students log into Moodle at the start of semester, they'll see a list of links to all of the modules that they're enrolled on, and they'll automatically be able to go in there. Uh, in a similar way for tutors, um, we have the ability to do that. We haven't done it yet, because sometimes the information about tutors, which tutors are teaching particular modules, isn't up to date. But we have the facility for them, again, to log in, and in theory, we'll have a list of the correct modules. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So, again, going back to... 
you know, you make it sound as if it was a, a much less of a, an onerous task uh, linking to central systems than than you first thought. Yes. Who, who, who was the sort of people who made that easy? You know, who who was involved in this actual process? In terms of the technical um, process, we have um, a great a great person in our computer services department. He's actually involved, I suppose, half of his time working with Moodle, and he would have been the main person involved, although he'd be talking to other people who look after other external systems. He's the main person writing scripts to connect Moodle to our external systems. But um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you too, and he, I'd say he would say that it has worked overall overall very, very well. Um, I know he tried to do some similar things with WebCT and ran into no end of problems, but with Moodle it's worked really, really well. Very interesting. Um, there is a thriving Moodle community, um, but that itself can generate lots of updates. How do you, how do you cope? Because you have a production system and there, there is a system mm. that is fast developing out there with a fairly uh, lively user community and developer community. So how do you cope? Yes, yeah, I mean, on the positive side, this is great because in terms of bug fixes and so on, they are fixed so, so quickly. Everything happens really, really fast in the middle community. Um, so in terms of the minor upgrades, bug fixes and so on, we would do those upgrades as they're released. But in terms of any major upgrades, we certainly wouldn't do that mid-semester. We'd work, wait till a much quieter time before we do any upgrade. Um, prior to that, we'd install a test installation of the latest version. That would allow us, the support team, to become familiar with it um, and also to check that it integrates with our external systems still. Mm -hmm. We'll also make that available to staff to try out, to let them try the new system in a safe environment before we switch over. And that's on your backup um, server, is that right? That is, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, for example, the new version of Moodle, Moodle 1.5, is out now, and we have a version of that on our test server, but we certainly won't be upgrading for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, those new releases actually can be a bit of a nightmare as well with our developmental projects, because any upgrades may affect those developmental projects. So we have to be very careful and make sure that we plan well in advance to cover both systems, the current release and the upcoming release in our developments. Okay, so remind us, how long Moodle's been running at DCU now? Um, okay, well, I've had an installation since around April 2003, but our official deployment... Um, on the main server began in uh, October 2003. So it's coming up for about two years. Close to two years now. Mm. And what's the response of staff and students been? Um, well, we haven't done any major formal um, survey or gathering data about that, but informally the feedback has been excellent, both from the students and staff perspective. We have had um, just very positive feedback overall. And how do you, how have you, you gathered that feedback? Um, well, talking to people for one. That's I mean that that's very useful. Just talking to people. We have face-to-face um, -face forums. We have an online discussion forum for staff, and we can generate feedback. And also, I'm talking to people every day, staff and students, about Moodle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So f we do plan to do a major survey soon. But I, I actually think it's quite useful to actually be talking to people rather than doing surveys. I think we get a better feel for how people are, are liking the system or not. Okay, so basically you would, uh, it sounds like Moodle uh, migration has actually been a success. Absolutely, yes, overall, yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay, what's strong about Moodle? What's the strongest aspect of it? Um, 
I suppose the user community I've been so impressed with is really active, really dynamic, um, and its results in the platform really rapidly developing, and there are new features coming into it all the time. Um, I like the social constructionist model underpinning the design and philosophy of Moodle, um, and, in, and also the wide range of collaborative activities that are available with the system. Uh, the downside, I suppose, <laughs> the downside is that flexibility and functionality can be a downside of the system because in, since I have been looking at the system in 2003, it has changed and changed so much. Um, I think there were about seven types of activity when I first looked at the system. Now we're looking at at least um, 20. Mm -hmm. So I think when people are faced with the system for the first time, understandably, they could be overwhelmed by the choices that Moodle offers, both in terms of functionality and also in terms of customising your course. So I really have to remind myself of that, especially when I'm training people, I have to remind them myself that I've been looking at the system for two years and that for people coming new to the system, that there's a lot to learn. Well, I was going to go on to that. So, you know, that, that, that's a useful link. How do you go about preparing your staff and students? Hmm. Well, we have a, a sort of range of training methods because they're different things suit different people. Um, in terms of staff, we do hold regular workshops. So we would do introduce, introductions to using Moodle. We also do advanced workshops, so we'll focus on specific tools. So, for example, the groups, quizzes, um, the workshop module in Moodle. Mm -hmm. We also have an online introduction to using Moodle, and that's sort of a self-paced, uh, resource-based resource. Mm -hmm. uh, I have an online collaborative course in e-tutoring that I've just piloted with our tutors in OSCO, which is the National Distance Education Centre of Ireland, mm -hmm. and I plan to offer that to our staff in the coming academic year. Um, yeah, we also offer email, telephone and face-to-face -face support, um, but we also encourage tutors to share ideas um, and talk to each other. Because we have a limited uh, amount of support we can give, we encourage people to do that via online forums and also face-to-face, -face, we encourage people to share ideas and problems and so on. Okay. Now, you mentioned that uh, uh, Moodle is uh, social constructivist and it's a sort of ethos, but mm. um, one, one of the uh, areas that exercises our mind is how well Moodle copes with, uh, with group work. Have you any mm. comments to make on that? Yes. Um, for me, the, the, when I first looked at Moodle, one of my concerns was that there was no group functionality. Now, since then, there is a group functionality which is incorporated into Moodle, but unfortunately, um, I feel that it's one of the, the weaker aspects that really could, have, could be improved, and it is improving all the time. Um, DCU actually have done a little bit of work in terms of extending the group's functionality. We've developed something which will allow student-created groups and random allocation of students to group groups, and we've submitted that to the Moodle community, and we hope that it'll make it into the next release. But that's the group's function really is something that could be worked on, because it, it could be one of the strongest features of Moodle, and uh, would obviously, as you say, tie in with the social constructionist philosophy. And for it to do that, we need a strong group's functionality. So as I understood it, you've actually done some work in improving the, the group functionality, and, and, actually yes, yes. and you're, you're, you're actually contributing that back to the community. Yes, we've done quite a little bit of um, work. Um, on various developmental projects, actually. Um, I have to say, none of that has made it into the main release yet, but we hope that these projects will do so um, at some point. I think we're learning quite a little bit about how 
we develop projects in-house and that's a learning curve for ourselves again mm. and how we develop those and manage those projects. But even though your, your, your enhancements haven't made it into the, the formal release, the, the, the enhancements are available via the, 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 the middle community, are they? They, no, they're not actually. Um, mm -hmm. None of them are at the stage where we feel that um, they're ready. Mm -hmm. uh, I think some of them ha have been um, submitted to, via the forums, but they're not available c via CVS. But again, we'd certainly be happy to share those with you. Um, I suppose we're keen to collaborate with people in the development of those too. Because we, we want them to make them into the, the main release. Okay, now... Moodle's open source, uh, that's the flavour mm. of the month, uh, but one of the things that exercises uh, a lot of us is support. Um, mm. It's one thing having a, a sort of uh, uh, open source initiative, but one of the downsides of open source is, is that unless you can actually get support, um, then you, you can be pretty well left high and dry. Have you any comments to make about the support in Moodle? Yes, absolutely. Um, for us, I mean, we're a large institution. The support is crucial. Um, what we have is a Moodle.com support contract. Moodle.com is the commercial branch of Moodle.org. Um, I have to say the service from that has been excellent, very fast, um, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think there are other um, companies offering that service, but Moodle.com has been great. Um, having said that, our technical and administrative support, the support required with Moodle, has actually been less than with WebCT. Um, we haven't needed much support, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, the support, as I say, is very important for a large institution. In terms of a smaller institution, it's also important because we are lucky we have uh, technical support or technical expertise in-house. In terms of smaller institutions, they may not have that luxury. Okay. So all in all, it's, uh, it, it sounds uh, it sounds fairly uh, positive. But yes. uh, is it fair to say that all of DCU's eggs are now in the Moodle basket, or do you mm -hmm. have other e-learning tools and environments as well? Yeah, and most of them are. Uh, most of them are in the Moodle basket. Um, we have completely shut down WebCT. That was shut down at the end of last year. We do have other users who are using their own solutions, um, especially in computer science and electrical engineering. Um, by their nature, they like to develop their own things. So quite a lot of those have developed their own custom solutions. They're using web pages, their own quiz functionalities, um, adaptive computing functionalities, assignment drop boxes, and so on. Um, so that, I think that's fair enough. Um, we're not going to ask those people to move or make the move to Moodle unless there is a reason for them to do so. And I think we can learn a lot from what they are doing. Um, However, we do ask people if they're going to be doing any custom developments, we do ask them to consider, at least consider, using Moodle as a development platform. Okay, okay, I see that. Have you any particularly um, good examples of uh, innovative Moodle use within DCU? Um, because one of, one of the, the challenges we all face is so, so often uh, um, VLEs, virtual learning environments, learning management systems, end up to be... Um, used for simple content management purposes. Mm. Um, but do you have any uh, e e examples, um, without necessarily going into details, of, of sort of uh, particularly outstanding use of Moodle within DCU? Okay, yeah, I would I would say the, the majority of people are using the basic functionalities. Um, I just did a little survey of, of uh, an electronic um, 
dredge of the system just to see what people were using re- recently, and the majority are using content, forums, um, mm-hmm. assignments, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, on a smaller, smaller scale, we have people who are using functions like the wiki, the workshop, and the glossary um, very well um, in terms of collaboration and uh, in terms of encouraging communication between students. But that is on a smaller scale, and mm-hmm. I think that's something we have to address in terms of training. Mm-hmm. training people how to use Moodle in a pedagogically effective way because things like the workshop, the wiki, they tend to be more complex activities mm-hmm. to use but we'll get um, better student learning out if they're used well, I think. Now, LAMS has uh, recently been announced as a, mm. a strike up a, a relationship with Moodle as uh, yes. the learning activity and management system mm. uh, from Macquarie University and um, there, there is uh, LAMS and uh, Moodle uh, at least getting engaged, if not married. Mm. Um, any ideas on that or any opinions on that? I think it is a good thing. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know much about um, LAMS. I'd heard, I'd heard about it, certainly. Um, I hadn't looked into it much. Mm-hmm. Um, but since the integration with Moodle, it is something I'm going to be um, actively looking at. Um, I don't feel that I can make a comment. Mm-hmm. on it at this stage but I have to say overall I think it's a good thing the LAMS um, is a useful system in its own right and I think the two could work very well in partnership Okay Six million dollar question was it the right choice and mm-hmm. would you do it again? Um, yes I think um, especially for, for the time that we made the choice it was the correct um, decision we are delighted with Moodle and it's going really well so far um, if I was going to do the same thing again today, I think there are other systems I would consider um, in our evaluation. Um, Sakai, definitely I would um, choose. There's a lot of buzz about Sakai, so I would certainly consider that system if I was doing things again. But overall, yes, we've made the right choice. Okay, Morgan, that's been absolutely marvellous, and I'm sure that uh, our listeners, uh, and certainly those who are contemplating a move to open source, will uh, benefit greatly uh, from what you've had to say. Uh, So uh, I would uh, just like to uh, wrap up and offer my thanks to yourself, and uh, this is Derek Morrison, Editor of Oracle, uh, signing off.